Brother Hodge took us up to what was determined as the New Age movement, and you'll see that uh, on the right hand of your of your screen, the top. That when you talk about the New Age movement, you're you're talking about a movement that is it's really diabolical in in its initiation. It it, it is a movement that tells people that you can be a god. You don't have to have a god. You can become a god within yourself. We know there's one supreme God. Amen. And we do not believe that men can be self-serving. And uh, there's, there's a lot of things over the past 30, 40 years about New Age movement that ushered in what we have heard of and know of as the New World Order. I've heard presidents talk about the New World Order. The New World Order is uh, it's headed for that one world government and that one world money system. And somebody that uh, the ultimate goal of the New World Order is uh, developed to be, to be Antichrist and to usher in the Antichrist. We understand that. So I'm not going real deep into that. I will tell you this. There are some scriptures that lead us into the reign of the Antichrist. The Bible said in 1 John 2, 22, and I'll try, I'm going to read several scriptures tonight if you want to jot them down or whatever. The Bible said, who is a liar but that he denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So when you deny that Jesus is the Christ, you are Antichrist. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. The Bible also says in 1 John 4 and 3, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. So John was saying that, that that's a spirit that comes that's Antichrist. I, I don't know how you feel about all this, but I feel like we have been preparing for many years for the Antichrist, preparing for many years. I remember when I was just a young preacher, uh, oh, probably 15, 20 years ago when I was young. Now I'm just playing. But, uh, but I do remember, and I remember things coming on the scene. I remember when they took the prayer out of school. I remember when... when uh, there was no discipline suddenly in the schools. And when things started changing and, and, and it became a godless society, it was because of the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit spread rapidly in America and across the world. Redefining Christ to a spiritual experience is certainly a denial that Jesus is the Christ. The, the, the new world order and the new age movement said that Jesus was, uh, that Christ was just a consciousness rather than God manifest in the flesh like we know him. His deity suggesting that man could be elevated to deity and was the original, the original lie that came out of the Garden of Eden. It was, the, it was in the Garden of Eden that the devil said to, to Adam and Eve, He's afraid for you to eat this fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he's afraid you're going to be a God like he is. That spirit of Antichrist is reigning in our world today. 
many well-meaning Christians and believers will de-emphasize doctrinal truths saying God is bringing us all together in unity. Maybe I ought to say that again. Many well-meaning Christians and believers will de-emphasize doctrinal truths saying, oh, well, we're, we're all together in this. You know, I, I've told you the story before, and I'll tell it to you. How, does anybody here remember the great gospel singer, Andre Crouch? You remember that, him? He was, he was a great gospel singer and wrote some phenomenal songs that we sing right here in this church. But I had an occasion to have a, a discussion with Andre Crouch many years ago, and uh, he, he, he tried to convince me then, well, heaven is like going to Chicago. He said there's a road from the east, there's a road from the west, there's a road from the north and the south, and it doesn't matter which road you take, they all lead to Chicago. Well, that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said straight is the way, and narrow is the gate, and few there be that find it. And to the world to sin and, and lost destruction is is a broad way, and the Bible said many there be that find it. So <clears throat> I've, I don't believe that it's a doom and gloom message. I just believe that God has a way that's written in this book that we have to live and believe and teach and walk by in order to be pleasing to God. Does anybody believe that with me? Amen. So Antichrist, <clears throat> the Antichrist is going to the literal Antichrist, which is considered and talked about as being the beast in the Word of God, is written about, and this is what it said in Revelations chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. The stage has now been set. The Antichrist now waits for the cue to expose himself as the world leader that people will flock to. He's going to be a man that is going to proclaim peace. Hear me well, we need, you know, the whole world would like to see somebody that right now, somebody like that right now, amen, the whole world. So, so here's, here's what Revelation said, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. That's in the book of Revelation. So what, what John is writing about here, there's going to rise up a man, and he's going to have power. He can pull fire out of heaven. Don't let him deceive you. Even Jesus said in his teaching, when, when they say Christ is over here, don't go there. Don't be deceived and believe that. But the Antichrist is coming. I've lived long enough to see several that I thought was that wound up not being. But I'm here to tell you I believe the beast, the Antichrist, is somewhere alive and well in this world right now. Amen. John uses the term beast to describe a man of great strength and power and super 
human abilities to enforce his will upon the earth. So cleverly, he will dominate the world scene. War will cease. The economy will flourish under his control and command. This is what the Antichrist is going to to bring. You know what the Bible said? Jesus said, when you hear men crying, peace and safety, then shall come sudden destruction. There's a lot of stuff i got to try to cover here tonight, so I can't dwell here long. But he is going to make a covenant with Israel. And Israel is going to is going to be in covenant with the Antichrist. He's going to set up his kingdom. But after three and a half years of him reigning, he is going to demand that those Jews worship him. And they are going to revolt. And they are not going to worship him. And that is going to bring on the other three and a half years of tribulation and the vows of wrath And great wrath of God is going to be poured out upon the earth. And ultimately, we're going to study this tonight, Armageddon. So here's where I want to go, the next chart, if you will. Let's talk, first of all, tonight about the rapture of the church. The church, the church has a glorious future. Do you believe that? The church is alive and well. Do you believe that? The Bible lets us know that the church is going to be okay. The Lord said, In John 4, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That is the glorious future of the church. Amen. So so after his death and and resurrection, Jesus appeared to the disciples on several occasions. And in his final appearance, while they beheld him, suddenly he was lifted off of the top of that mountain and they were looking at the bottom of his feet. And all of a sudden, two angels were there. Jesus was going through the clouds and two angels were there. Acts chapter 1, verse 11 The Bible said, this is what they said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into the heavens, shall so come again in like manner as ye have seen him go into the heaven. Jesus is coming back. Does anybody believe with me tonight that we are near what is known as the rapture of the church? We're near. There's so many signs. Brother Brother Hodge did a great job last week. We talked about it the week before. So many signs. We'll talk about a few more of them tonight. But he's coming back in a glorified body like he went up. And the, the, the Bible instructs us to be looking for that glorious appearing. Because here's what's going to happen. The trump of God is going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to be with the Lord in the clouds. And so, the Bible says this, so shall we ever be with him. Amen? So, James instructed the church, be patient, establish your hearts, 
For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. That is the words that come out of the scriptures. And then if you read the very last chapter of the book of Revelation, in the last verses, it says, Surely I come quickly, even so come Lord Jesus. So we know that we are people upon whom the ends of the world have come. Brother Hodge mentioned it last week about Israel becoming a nation in 1948, that the Bible said this generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming soon. However, not everyone is going to be happy about his return. For while the scriptures indicate that we believers are going to be rejoicing, it's also going to be a time of great wrath upon the earth and people that are lost. I, I, I'm going to read some scriptures. I hope I have time to do this tonight. 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 7 through 9. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with, the, his, with his mighty angels in the flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Let me read again. The Bible said in, uh, in, in Jude chapter, uh, verse 14, it begins there, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of the, all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So the second, I want you to say this with me, the second coming of the Lord. I want you to see something. We're not... There's two phases to the second coming of the Lord. Boy, I caught your eye then, didn't I? There's two phases. Number one is the rapture of the church. In this phase, the Lord does not come all the way back to the earth, but he comes and he meets us in the air and he takes us to be with him. That is called and the word rapture is not in the Bible. I understand that. The word rapture is from a Latin word that is spelled R-A-P-E-R-E, -E, which means caught up. That's where we get it from. And so the Greek word for caught up is H-A-R-P-A-Z-A. -A -A. I'm not trying to pronounce them. But it's a, if you study that word, it has a depth of meaning that sheds light on the importance of the rapture or being caught up. It literally means to steal, to drag off, to carry away, to forcefully snatch, or to take away, recusing from, uh, or excuse me, rescuing from a threatening danger, to grasp something eagerly or quickly with desire. Notice that Jesus does not come completely to the earth, but he snatches us up. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he catches us away. When the trump of God sounds, and he says it's time he is going to take a bride out of this earth. He's going to take people who have made themselves ready to meet God. Everybody with me tonight? Amen. Bible said, then there's going to be a second coming, or the second phase of the second coming. 
when we go to heaven, somebody said, well, don't we have to go to judgment? The Bible said, somebody asked me this question the other day, if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. So if you judge yourself and you go in the rapture, you got heaven made. Not going to be a judgment once you get there. Our goal is to go in the rapture. Everybody say amen. Can't give me an amen, just give me a good old nod. There you go, I heard it. That's good. But, but the facts are there's a second phase. Here's the second phase. The Bible said in Zechariah 14, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall be removed toward the north and half of it toward the south. The Lord is going to come plant his feet upon the Mount of Olives. And when he comes back the second time, he's coming back with 10,000 of his saints. And, and, and I, was, I got tickled just at, in my office by myself today thinking about all this because I can see some of y'all riding a horse. But let me tell you, there's going to come some folks called saints on white horses that are coming back with Jesus Christ. Now, all of that is to come. I wish I had time to give you and read every scripture, but I thought to myself, if I read every scripture, I'm still going to be on chapter 11 next week. Amen. But go read 1 Corinthians 15. Go read Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Go read all of these scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 through 10. Because this is talking about the catching away of the church, the bride of Christ. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is going to take us from this world. Now, let's talk about this for just a moment. The tribulation period is, is seven years. That's, that's the great tribulation. I believe personally that we are going in the rapture before the tribulation. I know, I know, this is a very debatable thing. Some are pre-trib. That means you believe we're leaving before the rapture. Well, the rapture's taking place before the tribulation. Some people believe that we're going to live three and a half years of tribulation and then go in the rapture. Some people believe that we're going all the way through the tribulation. I pray God that's not true. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my ticket and I'm catching the first ride out of here. Amen? Because there's all kind of, of beliefs. But let me just give you some scripture for what I believe tonight, Okay? The scripture to me promises that the church will not be a part of this terrible time of judgment. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, let me just read it. Verse 9, for they themselves show us, show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. To this same church, Paul wrote this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, for God, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, 
but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, watch this, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as ye all, even as also ye do. At one place, he's talking about the coming of the Lord to the church at Thessalonica, and he said, comfort one another with these words. I believe the comfort of the church is that we will not see the wrath of God. The wrath of God is going to be upon a sinful world. As a matter of fact, God has never sent wrath upon the world that he hasn't saved his people. He saved Egypt, or he saved Israel out of Egypt. He let wrath come all around, but not to the land of Goshen. He saved Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. He literally destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but he didn't destroy Lot and his family. Amen? And there are other occasions where the Lord saved his people before the wrath of God came. I personally do not believe. Now, I know there's a lot of scriptures, there's a lot of discussion, but, but, but I believe that when you talk about the wrath of God coming down upon this earth, I don't believe that God is going to put his bride and his body through the wrath of God. I just don't believe that. I may be, I may be conflicting with your belief. I had a fellow here one time challenge me, you know, and I'm, I'm about like, Brother Hodge, I listened to you last week. I'm like you. I fall off them horses sometimes. I'm not sure about all the horses and all the revelation. And I can tell you this, if I brought ten preachers in here, and they all preached on revelations, you'd get ten revelations. Because I don't think nobody really knows. And I think God intended for it to be that way. There's a lot of things that we can know. And here's what we can know. When you see these things come to pass, look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. Amen? I may not know the day nor the hour, I may not be able to pinpoint a certain time, but I can tell you by reading the paper and listening to the news and watching what's happening in our world that we are people upon whom the ends of the earth have come and the rapture is about to take place. Anybody with me tonight? Amen. The Bible talks about our patience. The Bible talks about the wrath of God. Uh, the Lord is coming quickly. The fullness of the Gentiles is going to be fulfilled. Here's what I believe, that when the rapture takes place, the fullness of Gentiles has been fulfilled. I believe the Lord came into the Gentiles to, to call out of them a, a bride for his namesake. That's what the Scripture said. I believe he shared with us this beautiful gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And he shared with us the power of the Holy Ghost. And we can have an experience with God. But we are not his first chosen. The Jews, Israel, Abraham's kids are his chosen people. They have been. He's in covenant with them. They will be. It will never stop being that way. But there, he gives a time and place for everybody to come to God and to be saved. Aren't you glad for that? But when the rapture is over, the day of the Gentile is over. Does anybody believe that with me tonight? Amen. So 
I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying through. The rapture of the church is a great subject. Many, many, many scriptures. Now, let me talk just for a moment about the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. The church escaped or having escaped tribulation by means of the rapture. We will stand, we will still stand before God, but not a judgment to say whether we're saved or lost. The judgment, the Bible said in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, here's what it said. We must all befe- appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men. That's what Paul said. If you go, if you go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this is what it said. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, so yet so as by fire. So there's going to be a judgment of works. And this judgment will determine not whether we're saved or lost, but our place in God's kingdom upon this earth. Because he's coming back and he's going to set up a kingdom. And we are going to rule if we're saints as kings and priests. I want to be the mayor or the governor. I might even be the president. But I'm just telling you there's a kingdom that God's going to set up in this earth. I, this, this, is, this is really way too deep to cover in a quick study. But I'm just telling you what is about to happen. When we get to heaven, when we're raptured up in the in the rapture, we will then have what is called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It is a rejoicing time. The Bible said, Revelation 19, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife had made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. So when we get to heaven, <clears throat> we're going to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. While we're doing all of this, there's a lot of stuff happening on Mother Earth. The Antichrist is in charge. The one world system is in charge and in, and in process. After three and a half years, the Antichrist sets up in Jerusalem and says, everybody is going to worship me. And the Jews said, not us. And so the wrath of God is going to start falling. The wrath of God. The vials of wrath. We'll talk about them in just a minute. And I'll show you what they're going to be. But, but there's going to be a lot of things happen. The church is with Jesus. The church is at the marriage supper of the Lamb. When the Lord has had enough and the Jews are being attacked 
by the nations of the earth and the Antichrist. He, Jesus Christ, is going to come riding back with a great sword and with thousands of his saints and we are going to demolish the enemy. It's going to happen. Some of you think this is just, oh, well, live for God, die, go to heaven, go to hell, whatever you're going to do. No, 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 no. There's a whole lot beyond this. I can't explain every detail, but I can tell you what the Scriptures tell us. The church is going to reign with Christ. We are going to come back. The Bible said, for as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall... Then shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with great with power and great glory. A simple review is given by John in Revelations 1 and 7. This is what he said. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. The Lord is coming back, but he's coming back with vengeance, and he's coming back with judgment, and he is going to restore Israel to their state where they, where they used to be many years ago. Amen. So Jesus, chart seven, please. So Jesus outlined the events of the last generation. You know this. He said there's going to be false Christ, going to be deception. How many of you know there's a lot of deception? Man, do you ever wonder, who do I listen to? Huh? Who, who do I listen to? Could I help you tonight? A lot of deception. Everybody sounds right. There's people that are, that are I mean, they're suave. They're, they're slick. They'll slip it right in on you. This is why the Bible said, know them that labor among you. And you better check everybody out by the book I hold in my hand. Amen? You can't take a man's word. Don't you take a man's word. You take God's word. If a man is preaching God's word, it's okay to take his word. But don't take just any man's word. Because there's a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks that are going to be deceived in the last days. He said in the last days there's going to be wars. There is. There's going to be famines. There is. There's going to be earthquakes more than any time in history. We see them now. He said there's going to be persecution because of the gospel. Because you're a lover of Christ, you're going to be persecuted. Do you know? Do you know that in our society right now, there's much persecution coming to people who are believers? It's coming, and it's not getting any better. It's going to get worse. Does anybody agree with me? What about the man that stood up and said, I'm not going to bake a cake for a gay couple and wound up in the Supreme Court? Thank God he won. But what kind of persecution can a man go through? 
They can persecute your business. They can persecute your family. The gospel preached in all the world, the Bible said. The Lord said none of these things are going to happen until the gospel is preached to every nation. He also talks about the Antichrist persecuting the Jews. These are last day things. Darkness and the heavens shaken. Christ appearing in the clouds. All of these, those are things on that top line up there. God's wrath also awaits. That's coming too. Watch this. We, we talked about, you see in the middle where it said seven seals and seven angels with trumpets and seven angels with vows of wrath. This is the judgments of God that's coming in the last three and a half years of tribulation upon this earth. Let me tell you something, folks. You want to make the rapture. You don't want to be left here where the wrath of God is poured out upon this earth. Amen. Grievous sores, the Bible said, are going to cover men's bodies. The sea is going to become as blood. When the water is turned to blood, what are you going to do? When you turn on the faucet and, and, and blood runs out. When rivers and fountains become blood. When the sun scorches men with fire. The Bible said that th these are things that's going, that God's going to pour out upon, upon this earth. The beast kingdom is full of darkness. He's going to let darkness cover the earth. The Euphrates River is literally going to dry up. And Jesus Christ is going to appear in the clouds. These are the outlined events of the last generation. I submit to you that we are so close that is absolutely unbelievable. A couple of years ago, I was privileged to go to Israel. First time in my life. And uh, it was quite, quite interesting. One of the things I remember vividly is standing up on top of Mount Carmel where Elijah and Elisha had a showdown. Or excuse me, Elijah and the prophets of Baal had a showdown. And, and where the fire came down from heaven and consumed the altar and all that. We were standing on top of that mountain, literally upon top of Mount Carmel. And the guide said, you see this valley? This is the valley of Megiddo. This is where Armageddon is going to take place. As far as you could see, just, just plains, just flat lands. Generals and army uh, people have, have said that it is the most perfect place for a battle in all of the world. Matter of fact, there's an intersection that you can see it from the top of Mount Carmel, and there's that intersection. They tell me is 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 an intersection where it's the only place in the world like it, where roads come in from every direction, and you can take one of those roads and you can go all over that that part of the world. But those roads intersect right there, and that intersection will bring all of the armies of the earth. To a place called the Valley of Megiddo, where the Battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. The nations are going to gather there. Ezekiel 38, 1 through 6, and Revelation 16, 1, or 16 and 12. Here, here's what 
the Bible said, the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, and the way of the kings of the east might that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come up out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the, and, and of the whole earth to God Almighty. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. All of the current global conflicts point to one final battle. I don't know if you know this, and I, I know Brother Hodge touched on some of this about where each place is in the Bible in prophecy in that land. Let me just say this to you, and I'm not going into a great discussion, but here's, here's what I want to tell you. I saw a picture the other day with Mr. Putin and Mr. Z and the Ayatollah. When Israel is faced with war, it's going to be Russia, China, and Iran that are going to come together. How close do you think we are? How close do you think we are? So, so when the armies of the earth gather, they're coming to this valley. And in a 14 by 20 mile plain in northern Israel, stretching eastward from Mount Carmel is going to be the battlefield. A few things you need to know about, about this battle. This is going to be the battle where the Lord's going to rise, r- ride in with the saints and save Israel because they're going to be outnumbered. They're going to be outmanned. The world is coming against God's people. This is going to happen. The battle is going to be so fierce that the Bible said it will take seven months to bury the dead and blood will run to the horse's bridle. That's about four feet deep. What kind of battle do you think that's going to be? Here's what Zechariah said. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel saith the Lord which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundations of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people round about. And when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem, and in that day will I make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in, in the siege both against Jerusalem and, or Judah and Jerusalem, and in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. And Zechariah 14, 2 said, he said, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. There's coming a battle, a battle called Armageddon. Now somebody, somebody told me, here a while back, they were they were joining the army. I said, I wouldn't join the army right now if I were you. I'm just being honest, because the Battle of Armageddon is not far around the corner. There's coming there's coming nations from every part of the earth. The Lord is going to return with the army of heaven 
but not before. I, I can't take time to read every scripture here, but great destruction is going to come to the Antichrist armies and the sword that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is going to literally destroy these people. Uh, the judgment of the seventh seal, Revelation 16 and 17, will be poured out upon the earth, particularly upon the, those that are gathered at Armageddon. The earth will heave, convulse under the strain of shadowing earthquakes, Mountains will tremble with thunders of people. Men will run for shelter, and, and, and the ground will literally gyrate under their feet. The entire landscape will be showered. Listen to this. Hail is going to fall out of the sky at 96 to 100 pounds per piece of hail. Is that a hailstorm? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you dread to be in a hailstorm where the hail was 100 pounds a piece? I mean, we get it. We get it like this, and and we 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 panic. You know, I'm telling you what's coming. So, it's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the time of the end. The fowl are going to eat the flesh. The blood is going to run deep. And and when you talk about seven months required, and I'll tell you what else the Bible said that the the fowl of the air is going to gather up. From, from all over, and, and they're, and they're going to have a feast. They're going to have a, a banquet, the fowl of the earth, because there's so many dead. I'm just telling you, you don't want to go there. Antichrist and false prophet are going to be destroyed. Satan's going to be bound. The Lord is going to take the victory, and the devil is going to be bound for 1,000 years. We're going to talk next week about the devil being bound for 1,000 years and what's going to happen in the millennium and the setting up of the kingdom of God on this earth. I know this is this is a lot of stuff to cover, and I've skipped over a lot of scriptures that I could have read tonight, but we don't have time for that because I know you're not going to stay that late. But would you hear me? Just hear what I'm about to say. Signs of the time are everywhere. The rapture is going to take place soon. When the rapture takes place, and, and, and somewhere right now, it may be before the Antichrist is ever real, but here's what I know. The Antichrist is alive and well somewhere because this generation shall not pass away till all of these things be fulfilled. That generation started in 1948 at the budding of the fig tree when Israel became a nation again. In 1967, they were rewarded Jerusalem back again. There's been war. There's been problems ever since. We're living in, in times that are tedious. We're living in times that are strategic, and the Lord is about to come back. I, I think you added it up last week. I heard you do that. 74 years from 1948 to now. I don't know how long a generation can live, but here's what I do know. Not, not very far past where we are. And I believe what the Bible said. This generation shall not pass away till all of these things be fulfilled. So we don't have long. We are living in borrowed time. And the rapture is about to take place. Get ready. Get baptized. Get full of the Spirit of God. Let the Lord do a work in your life. Don't hesitate. If there's one thing you're missing, don't leave it out. Don't go to God in prayer. Read your Bible every day. Get faithful to church. Get in the church. Let me tell you something, folks. Let me tell you something. You, 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 the, there's so many scriptures in, in, the, in the Bible that talk about how men go read about 
the, the, ten wise, the, the, the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Go read about them. The foolish didn't have oil in their lips. They, they, were, they knew the bridegroom was coming, but they hesitated and did not do what they should have done. There's scripture after scripture after scripture that tells us that men are going to be sleeping. Men are not going to be watching. Men are not going to be ready. People are not not looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus. I'm here to tell you on this Wednesday night, it's near, we got to get ready, and if you make the rapture, all this other stuff is going to take care of itself. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. 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 Of course, there's going to be the judgment of living nations. People are still going to live through the tribulation and through Armageddon. And I, I understand that much of the earth is going to be destroyed uh, during the battle of Armageddon, but there's going to be people that make it through. There's going to be another judgment, and, and they're going to stand before God. But I'm here to tell you we as the church have one ticket out of here, and that is the rapture of the church when the Lord is going to take us away. Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll open it up for questions, and if you've got any questions, I'll turn them right over to Brother Hodge or Brother Eric. And uh, they can answer your questions. No, I'm serious. I'll take your questions tonight or comments. Anything you want to say or ask, I'm, I'm ready to, to help you. Okay? Quickly. Brother Gary. Thank you, Brother Gary. I believe that. I believe that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm going to keep preaching it until we get there. We don't get there, it ain't gonna be my fault, folks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Brother Eric, you got anything you need to add tonight? I know you're schooled on this. I should have had I started to call you and let you teach this lesson. Because I know he's I know he knows a lot about end time prophecy. Anybody else? Very quickly, I'll I'll take a comment, a question. I hope I haven't confused you. I've just tried to lay it out in chronological order of what's going to happen. But the, the, the crux of the matter is that we have got to take care of ourselves and get to where God wants us to be. Amen. Wouldn't it be terrible for us to miss the rapture? If I had time to just tell you what all is going to happen if you miss the rapture, I can just tell you you don't want to be in the wrath of God. Amen. Shall we stand all over the house? I've, 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 got, I've done well. I figured it would be more discussion. I'd quit a little early for that. But you know what? When we come to this time, it is the end of the sixth dispensation of grace. We are studying from the, we started in Genesis 1. We started in the time of innocence. We went to the time of conscience. And we went all through the dispensations. And the sixth dispensation is grace. And at the end of the judgment of living nations is going to be the end of the sixth dispensation of grace. And then it goes to the seventh dispensation, which is the millennium. And that's what we're going to talk about next Wednesday night. I hope you're here. 
Uh, there's, there's a lot of good things about the glorious future of the church and uh, what, what we're going to be doing and how it's going to come about. It's called the Kingdom Age. Don't miss it. Seventh dispensation next Wednesday night. I, I hope you don't walk out of here confused tonight. Uh, I'm, yeah, come on, Brother Brady. Let's, let's receive an offering right now. Amen. I started to say let's take an offering, but I found out through my years that you're, you're to receive one that if you try to take Praise God. You give us unto the Lord tonight, and God will bless you. Thank you for your faithful giving. Let me say that to this church. Thank you for your faithful giving. God has surely smiled upon us and blessed us, and the faithfulness of God is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. God is taking care of this church. Folks, it takes a lot to run this church. Last month, the light bill here was about $5,600. But we're okay. Look at your neighbor and say, we're okay. Say, God's got us. Amen. So just remember those things. I love you all. I want to see you here Sunday. I'll be preaching here Sunday. I'm, I'm just believing God for a great move of the Holy Ghost.